Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. Listen, I, Miles, I'm reading a story from your area there in beautiful uh, Chicago land. So I'm reading a, <laughs> yeah, reading a headline from Daily Mail. Filthy homeless encampment is set up inside Chicago's O'Hare Airport with vagrant, vagrants now living next to the baggage belts in crime-ridden Windy City. And listen, folks, I'm not making fun of Chicagoland. I actually like Chicago. I don't know why. But it begged the question when I'm reading the article. So, Miles, you are a very traveled person. Help me with the answer. Can you think of a Democratic-run city that's properly run? Well, there he's gone. How about you, Lud? Yeah, I can. Tell me one. Oh, I forgot. I can't. So you don't have a clue. No, there's not one. There isn't one. No. But here's the what I don't get. And, and folks, I'm not even being facetious with this. What I genuinely don't get. First off, we watch, we talk about demographics on this show per, from time to time. Rural is sw- shrinking. Cities are growing. Cities are almost always dominated by the Democratic Party. I get it. If you're going to live people stacked one atop the other with everyone living on a postage stamp for crazy money, you're going to need a lot of regulation, and evidently you need a lot of tax to go with it. I understand those things. But then I look back at the cities. I look at Philadelphia. I look at New York City. By the way, I don't care who's running New York City. It's never a place I want to go. I'm just telling you. I look at all the L.A., L.A. was terrible in the 80s when I spent a year there. Terrible. And it's, it's not exactly exactly getting better. Why would anybody, so forget all of the issues, abortion and guns, take all of the nonsense. And, and by the way, when I say nonsense, understand what I'm getting at when I say that. Those are issues that are used to make you angry so you'll vote. Mm-hmm. Both sides. Trigger issues. Is They are exactly right. They're trigger issues. But when I look at what folks live, and that to me is what we should be talking about in America. How do we live? And I look at Chicago. O'Hara is a beautiful airport, by the way. I've been, I can't tell you how many times I've flown in and out of there, either on my way to somewhere else or specifically to visit with Miles and, and his family. So I, I, I can't imagine turning that into that, that complex into a mini L.A., but inside because it's warm. I mean, I get why they're in there. It's a big open arena, but, but folks need to slow to navigation speed and say, listen, the management that causes these cities to be this way, this financially, um, they're, they're devastated financially. You know, $2,000 for an apartment that you wouldn't live in. Who thinks that's a good thing? But it's being replicated and it's growing. Well, what I'm wondering is <clears throat> I can't have my car out in front for more than 10 seconds without somebody chasing me down and running me out of there. How are these people allowed to stay in there? You can't really even get to an airport anymore, partly at all, barely to the ticket gate without proving why you're there. Um, How are these people staying? 
Where are you? Where are you for Chicago? You're talking about every airport. Uh, that's very true. Now we've talked about that on the show also. Back in the old days, Miles would pick me up at the airport, or I'd pick him up, depending on who was going to what state. And back then, you used to even when my sister or family left town, or when I was leaving, whoever dropped me off would walk out to the uh, to the boarding area and hugs goodbye and wave, and they could see you through the window of the airplane. Not no more. And then we pretend like we won. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Go to any major no. sporting event or anything. We didn't win the war on terror. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. They've absolutely reinvented us. And fear, fear is really a powerful weapon if you're trying to grow government. Yeah. And that's really what we're talking about in that regard. I just listened, looking at the O'Hare News, O'Hare International Airport, I, I couldn't help but step back from all of it and say, who in the world thinks that economically... Because that's really what we're talking about. When you've got folks that are living inside an airport because it's warm, and that's the only place they've got to go, inside these big, gigantic blue cities, somebody needs to say, wait a minute, that recipe looks like a recipe for failure. Well, then I can look at the other side of the equation here. You're in a Democrat-run city, and part of their baseline is everybody should have everything, right? So where's the wealthy in the Democratic Party giving their share, That's the fair share as they call it, to these homeless to make sure they're not homeless. Right, but what you have there, and I wish, I think we is Miles back with us? No, what, I'm, we lost Miles technically, and I really, I regret that because I really wanted to beat up on him, kind of. I'm, I'm teasing. I wanted his input because when I go to these big cities now, it looks like a two-caste system to me. You're either wealthy or you're stone broke, wondering how in the world you're going to feed yourself. Uh, it, that appears to be there's they they're the folks that are locked into classism, yep. but they've absolutely erased middle class in most of these major markets. They just have. Well, yeah, you either can afford to live there or you can't. There's no in between. Well, who can do two grand a month? And by the way, in in some cases, Chicago downtown, New York, it'll cost more than I'm paying on my mortgage payment. To park your car. Yeah, and let's remember, two grand a month, we're talking about like a kitchen, bathroom, and a bedroom all is warm. You're talking about about a six to 700 square foot apartment yeah. with no with no place to park your car. No place to park your car. You're not having people stay the night. A lot, of those, kids. A lot of those folks don't have cars because they can't afford to park them. So everywhere, like in Chicago, where you're going you're gonna to take their... Uh, the L. The L. The L. Their, their, their train system. Because um, taxi cabs, by the way, are pretty high. Uh, that's how Uber and the other companies yep. got, got taken off because taxis were so pricey. Unionism, by the way. I'm just pointing that out on my way. Well, if you look at the New York City taxi system, it's all medallion systems. So there's only a set number. And even the medallions, uh, I've, I've seen a documentary on this, the at one point, a medallion would cost you a million dollars. Do you know how many taxi rides you have to give just to pay for the million-dollar medallion? So what happens is the rich would buy the medallions, then hire people to work for them. Right. Instead of what the system was set. If you look back, you know, 50 years ago, it was immigrants who were coming in trying to make a better life. Right. was a typical dr- taxi driver, and even that's went away. But listen, when you— Democrat-run city, wealthy— Right, but when, and, but when we get on taxi cabs, I, I don't want to go down this path, but I'm stuck for a second. I got to. In the 90s, I was the vice president of National Coach Engineering. We produced limousines. And no, it was not for the rich and famous and all of that. They were, they were almost primarily used as livery cars 
in other words, taxis, but they weren't part of the taxi cabal. Yep. There was no unionism. There was no, and the result was is that it was literally cheaper for you to take a, take a ride in a limousine from the airport to your hotel than it would be to take a taxi. And that's assuming you had an honest taxi cab driver, because if you don't know where you're going, he's going to take you all over the city before he parks you at the hotel and charge you three times what crazy was in the first place. Well, two things on that. Number one, that's still true in Vegas. Cheaper to get a limo than a cab. To where? Vegas? In Vegas for the no, airport here. No, it's resort. true in most major markets. No, I know. I just yeah. go there for sure because yeah. I've done it. Uh, and, and the other part to that was that's where Uber and Lyft really got their advantage was you knew what you were going to pay before you got the ride. Right. So it was $20 ride. You only paid 20 Right. Even if they got lost and there was huge traffic, you weren't paying by the minute. You paid a direct fee and you already knew what it was. And uh, people felt comfort in that. Well, knowing because you yeah. don't feel like you're getting ripped off. Exactly. And by the way, they were willing to pay a little bit more to know. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. I, I it's, <laughs> it's a fascinating World, listen. When we we're going to go to break in a second, but I want to get I want to get everybody's ears ready. Love. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Ohio cleanup of toxic train <laughs> derailment and Buddha Judge and him blaming it on Trump. And are you using the word cleanup lightly? Uh, wow. Well, this is your topic. Yes, it it's is. on here because of you. I've been watching this. I boy, folks, I'm starting to feel bad for us all. Listen, stay <laughs> stay with us, and we will be. Right back. The Enigma Report with Mike Hewitt. Our national security should never be an enigma, but that's what we're getting from the Biden administration. Four shot down in eight days, one spy balloon, and three unknowns. It's reported as if there had only been four, and they got them all. Get real. Other than causing historic inflation, tell me when this administration has been 100% on anything. The F-22 pilots who saw the object said it interfered with their sensors and had no propulsion system. The White House says thousands of objects in the sky aren't aliens, could be used car balloons. The hint of aliens, the denial of aliens. Used car balloons? Are we watching political theater instead of national security? Is Biden clueless, or is he just not telling us? The only thing's certain, the Biden credibility meter reads zero. That's a problem. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Listen, Miles Bauer, I think that I think I got the words political theater from you for that piece. And so I got to ask you, we've watched this now for a week. Is it political theater? I don't, I don't think it's like the January 6th committee, which was total political theater for whatever reason, the Biden administration doesn't want to be transparent about anything. Uh-huh. I mean, they're, they're, they're not transparent about this. They're not transparent of what, what's going on in Ohio. They don't, they don't tell us anything. It's a it's a fascinating thing to me. I I'm listen when he come off with the thousands of objects, I, I, folks. I have to be candid. I mean, I ran dealerships for many years, and so when I heard thousands of of used car balloons, I, I that, that was so boneheaded, dumb. So are you telling me, like, when I was a little kid and got a balloon at Chi-Chi's and let it go, yep. I'm contributing to this? F-22s went after your balloon. Yeah. But 
<laughs> I mean, I was six. I didn't know any better. But, but, but folks, this guy is this the, the president of the United States is sitting in a room full of U.S. state governors, talking about thousands of used car balloons. And but but listen, once I moved beyond the brevity of his ignorance, I paused and think, wait, is he actually telling us that there aren't four? There are thousands. Is that actually what the man was saying, Miles Bauer? Same, same as the war in you, you Ukraine. I've I've gotten to the point now that I don't really buy anything that that comes out of the White House, especially KJP. So, do you think there were twenty four governors clapping? Like, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's the number of Democratic governors. By the I way. think there were twenty four Democrats. And went, oh my God, he did it again. So there were 50 governors that went, oh, my God, he did listen, it Listen, because I don't agree with those 24 Democrat governors doesn't mean I think they're all buffoons. Some of them heard that those words come out of his mouth and went, oh. Please don't oh. say that in public. Here he goes again. Mike, yeah. Mike didn't, yeah. didn't you see the Wicked Witch of the North was on CNN saying how wonderful Biden is? Uh, but listen, she's stuck because she wants to be president herself. And so right. she's thinking, if he won, I got to get on his coattails, even if they are old and wrinkly. That's no, not a problem. Is he eighty years old now? Uh, I believe so. Maybe eighty-two when he runs again. And so they're getting ready to give him a complete physical. They don't make a nobody. Nobody gets paid enough money to have to do that job. I just <laughs> point, pointing that out on my way. So how do we go from like decades of like people in their forties to? 270 well, plus something. Most of them have been 50s, 60s. Oh, Clinton? He was Late one 40s? Of, he, he was one. Of, him and JFK were two of the youngest in our history. Well, no, no. Go to Bush. W? W. I think he was 48, 49. Okay, so Bush. And then you got Obama, who in was his, in his mid-40s. Oh, there you go. Three okay. straight that there. were, at least most of my lifetime. Yep. We went from Reagan, who was old. Bush won, who we thought was old, but relatively wasn't. And then three straight middle-aged guys, and then we went to two elderly. What do you think is the reason for the two elderly? Uh, I think the three young guys kind of mess up a lot of things. Is that what you <laughs> We looked at youthful exper- youthfulness versus experience. Miles, what do you think on that before we move on? Um, I, I, I think it's kind of nutty for Haley to come up with that test after a certain age because, look, it, it's, it's going to be some wokester writing it. It's right. not going to make any sense. All, all of the Dems are going to be confident, and Trump and all of his followers are all going to be idiots. That that's, that part is absolutely true. But Nikki Haley, just for those that hadn't followed it, put forward or advanced the notion that if you're 75 or over, you need a competency test. Isn't that ageism? Well, I, I, ageism used to be identified as in your 60s, but since I'm in my 60s, I've disqualified it's that. It's now 85 or older. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to give him a test, Jared. Yeah, but listen, but they force some folks to get a test to drive a car, yeah. but not to run a country. Or sit on the <laughs> Supreme Court and fall asleep during cases. That's not very nice of you to I, say that. That's it, terrible. That's I, just terrible. See, I just report what I see. All right, listen, let's jump into the Ohio River. I hate to say I don't want way. to right now. Ohio cleaned up toxic train derailment as pollution plume moves downstream, but the part I think I, I, I don't like any of the topics, so don't misunderstand me when I say that, but that our secretary, what's he a secretary, judge? what she is, what is he the secretary of other transportation. than transportation, 
uh, Secretary of Permanent Vacation. He blames this on yep. Trump. This guy, has he actually done any, a single day, and I'm being honest, folks, I don't think he's actually done a single day's work since he's become Secretary of Transportation. And if you don't believe me, take a look at what we're watching Ohio. Watch his press releases. This guy's a piece of work. And it got nothing to do with his sexuality. I'm not making a comment. Doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter. This is going to kill people. Yes. It's going to kill people. And he's busy politicking it again. Rather than stepping up and doing a complete detailed analysis and making changes. That's not what he's doing. He's politicking. But, but Mike... Joe's entire cabinet are just box checkers. Do you honestly think Grenholm knows anything about energy? (laughs) Look at Michigan and tell us She must. She's from California. So if you're from California, you know all about energy. Isn't that true? (laughs) That's like a genetic thing. You were born in California. You must be a master at energy control. She's Canadian. Now you're really getting terrible, love. And then we had the lost decade. I thought for a minute you were going to go with the middle-aged female thing. But oh, you... that's part of it. But I think she's outside <laughs> that range now. The Housers. Listen, this toxic train. She thing... was the second worst governor. She even she was even worse than Blanchard. She fell a little bit short of Whitmer, but she's the second worst governor in the state of Michigan's history. That's pretty incredible. That's a lofty title to carry. Yeah, because we've been around <laughs> since what eighteen. 18- what a, what a mantle to carry to think that, wow, I was the second worst. She strived hard, but Whit, Whitless got her got her thumbs. Records are made to be broken. All right, we're down to a couple of minutes, Lud. Tell us what happened with this river derailment. So this train derailed, and it's full of toxic chemicals. Right. And they set them on fire. To burn them off. To burn them off. Right. But didn't evacuate the people. No, and here's another fascinating part. You got to add to your to your rendition here, and that's what Miles said, because the the Biden administration went absolutely dark on this topic. Yes. And you think, wait a minute, this folks, this is a big deal, and the White House is dead silent on it. Miles, can you imagine what the media would have done if this happened during Trump's term and he went silent on it, no comment whatsoever oh, yeah. from the Trump administration? Oh yeah, no, that that. that They'd have had twenty four seven special reports about that. Oh, but you know, you know, you know. The other thing that kind of throws me about this a little bit: how many chemical spills do you remember, Mike, throughout our lives, where the answer was not to clean it up; it was just to blow it up. Never heard of it before, ever. Never heard of it. In fact, we did an episode a few years ago, um, a couple years ago, on when the left was pushing against crude oil, and I started looking at the safety of what it takes to transport rather than pipeline. And and I tell you that part because I looked at a lot of leaks and how they were handled. And by the way, folks, this ain't how it was handled. I get it's different, but th- th- there's not a uniformity. Now we've got the transportation guy going, it ain't us, it's him from two years ago. Real quick, the scary thing is it's going into all major lakes across the country. I, listen, I don't, I, I don't know the volume of it, but we've got some economic some environmental issues coming from this. Folks, stay with us, and we will be right back.
Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. We are broadcasting from our flag station, WHTC. That's 1450 AM and 99.7 FM in beautiful Holland. But listen, I got to pause for a second. I want to welcome Anchorage, Alaska. And I just want to make you a little bit jealous. It's about 30 degrees here. I looked it up. It's 17 degrees there. So I guess I need to stop complaining about the weather here in Michigan. But I welcome everybody from Anchorage, Alaska. Thank you for joining us. Miles, can I dovetail back for a minute um, to something we talked about in the first segment? Uh, Chicagoland, um, how is, is the, gov- oh, the governor, is the mayor there going to gonna do just fine even though the city is imploding, both financially and culturally? Yeah, I mean, you know, she, she's going to face re-election here in a couple of weeks, and everybody's saying that she is probably a shoe-in. The thing that's fascinating is the reason why they are attributing it to white guilt. White guilt will allow her to be re-elected. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, so, yep. so you tell me where I'm wrong on this, because when I look at it, Chicago, the city— is financially imploding. That's my outside opinion looking in. Keeping in mind, folks, I'm coming from Michigan. We got Governor Whitless, so I know implosion when I see it. I I look at Chicago and think, oh my goodness, that's not the city that it was when you and I used to hang out in Chicago in the 80s and 90s. It just isn't. And, And when you look at the crime at the south end, and now it's just as bad on the west side as it used to be just on the south end. It is so bad that folks that cannot afford to live in the crazy rent that's going on there, they're literally taking shelter in the O'Hare International Airport. I relist all of that stuff, Miles, because I don't understand, other than the fact that, and folks, I'm, I'm, this is not my position. I'm only echoing to you what I believe is taking place in the Democrat Party because that's a Democrat city, so they're going to pick a Democrat. And here's this lady who is gay, she's black, she's female, and that's all that matters. The entire city could implode and fall in the water, but those three things matter more to them than anything else. And that Miles Bauer, that blows my mind. I'm a meritocracy person. I don't care about any of those issues. Can you properly run the city? That's the only thing that matters to me. And it's the only thing that doesn't matter to them at all. That's fascinating. No, and, and think about it. She has angered many of the Democrat aldermen. Uh, uh, so, I mean, even the aldermen in her party don't even like her. But she's going to win. Yeah. I would be flabbergasted oh, yeah. if she didn't. So once that election's over with, we'll revisit it. But I got to tell you, just to prove how naive I am, I would have never, ever, ever, ever thought that somebody would, would actually willfully vote to reelect Governor Whitmer here in Michigan. I genuinely mean that, honestly, folks. When I look at what she did during the COVID era, where she absolutely dismissed our Constitution, both state and federal, uh, the, the lockdown mania, was it was zany. It was like being in some kind of... Uh, B-rated movie where you're driving down the highway like Mad Max and there's no other vehicles on the road anywhere, lockdown. And then I looked at states like Florida that didn't do that and they have about the same incident per thousand base 
that we did in Michigan. I'm going, so we surrendered everything right down to vegetables, literally, no vegetables for you, and we got what out of it? The answer is nothing, and they reelected her. These things are mind-boggling to me. They really are. I genuinely don't get it, and I don't want to make the show about that, but I, I just I had to take us back to Chicago for a minute. So, Lud, let me get back to your topic. What's going on? How? What's is is it leaching into the river? The poison in Ohio. They burned off trying to control it, right? Was that the goal? They're going to start a fire and have it burn away? Yeah, but that... it's it's uh, seeping into the groundwater, which right. runs into the river, right? Which runs into like the Mississippi, the Missouri, the Ohio. All uh-huh. the major water systems. Do you know how many gallons we're talking about of these chemicals? No, I, I don't know. That. I, I mean, it was a train full, yep. but I don't know if it was five containers or ten or one. I, I don't know those things. And I asked that because of the debate you and I had um, when we were looking at the riverways in the United States, that this is evidently placing at risk. Mm-hmm. It's trillions of, of gallons of, of sub-level water that, that are feeding these things. Yeah. And so I, I was trying to quantitate what's the risk that's actually taking place here. Because well, I, I don't want to be part of the Hair on Fire Committee. No, but I mean, if you look at one side of the equation of environmentalism, even a, a droplet of contaminant is wrong. But where are they at on this? Are they taking the approach you are? They, oh, it's not a big deal because it's our side. It is. It's very political. Because it should be political. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Well, but listen, I, I, the, both sides are guilty of this, by the way. Yes. Both sides. And and I find myself saying to folks on our side, the problem that we're debating, whatever it is, even this Ohio drama, is not an R&D fight. This is not about the R's and the D's. This isn't blue states and red states. A lot of these issues are not that whatsoever. But sometimes the answer turns it into that. Like Buttigieg, he wasn't interested in saying, what do we need to do first to secure this? And then second, do we need to change policy so that this doesn't happen again? That was not part of his of his math. No. His math was, oh my goodness, let's blame this on Trump. And that goes back to what I asked about the State of the Union was, have we ever had a leader step and go, you know what, I've made a mistake, but I got it handled. Why doesn't he just say, you know what, this is my department, I'm going to figure out what went wrong, we'll make sure this never happens again. Not, well, that was somebody else's fault, uh, we'll figure it out. What do you think, Miles Bauer? You know, the the uh, truly sad part about that is that, you know, this is not exactly a high-end part of o- Ohio, and a lot of those folks have wells. Can you imagine drinking water out of a well around that place? And they're and they're saying buy bottled water. Hold on, no, no, they're saying it's not getting in the water. The water's fine, but buy bottled water. Bottle water. So this is fine. It's safe. No problems. No no news headlines. Buy bottled water. But buy bottled water. So the fo- the same folks. By the way, here's the fun part: the same folks that vapor locked, I use that word loosely, that term, over the Flint water system. That by the way, Miles will tell you, I worked in Flint for years. So I knew long before it was a problem. It's been a problem there in that Democrat-run city for over 50 years. Suddenly it was a crisis and it was Snyder's fault. And that same group of people now see no fault with this unless they can figure out a way to cast it back two years on Trump. 
and it's D's. It's D's, 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 D's. Whatever the problem is, if the D's are, are sitting in the middle of it, they're going to blame it on a Republican. They, they, they go back to Teddy Roosevelt if they have to. They don't care. It's somebody else's fault that's not out wearing a blue shirt. That's all that matters to them. And, folks, I'm telling you, the D's and the R's thing, that's got to stop. I asked both sides of the aisle, stop. We've got to start drilling into some of these real problems and getting them fixed. That takes leadership. It takes stewardship. It takes a, it takes a statesman or a stateswoman. Miles, we're down to a minute, so correct me when I sound like I'm a cruiser. <laughs> no, you know, uh, the the only thing that I would piggyback on, on to that, and I think I've said this on the show several times, don't get lost in your own personal political echo chamber. Listen to the other side, too. Absolutely. Listen, you wisely, we're, we're, we've almost got to go to a break, but you really wisely once upon a time opined about people pulling off of Facebook because that was one of the venues that allowed both sides to see how the other thought. And I think that's right. critical. It's so critical that Ben Franklin himself talked about that. You know, don't let's take a three-day break from this constitutional convention that ain't happening. Go sit down with people you differ with, not with people that you agree with. Be respectful and listen. He was right then. You were right when you pointed it out, and it's just as right right now. These things, we've got to mature beyond D's and R's and start actually solving our problems. I'm telling you, we got to do that. Folks, please stay with us, and we will be right back. All right, so I go through this rant about the D's and the R's debate and how we've got to be above that, and then I'm, and, but then I'm stuck talking about the Democrats again. I, I just, listen, I, I, some of these things, they need us all to be more mature than, uh, than, it seems, <laughs> than it seems like we are. So tell me on this, Miles Bauer, former CIA advisor, Biden bombed Nord Stream. First off, if Biden did that, that's an act of war against both Germany and Russia. Is that an overstatement on my part? No, I certainly agree with you. I don't know if he did or didn't. I I was kind of, you know, holding my uh, powder on that one until we ran into more evidence. I, I think that's wise. I wish more folks would do that. So I congratulate you for doing that. But what struck me about this article, and by the way, folks, this is... Um, this is an article I found at zerohedge.com, so you can take a look at it there. It offered it as breaking, former CIA advisor. What struck me about it wasn't even the Nord Stream thing, and I'm with you. First off, I, I, I will piggyback on what you said, because I think there absolutely needs to be an investigation by us, an honest one, without people wearing their, their blue or their red uniforms to determine, did we do this or not? And if we did do that, then absolutely Congress needs to, to take action because this would, this would be monumentally unjustifiable in my view if, if this is done at our hands. But what surprised me about the article is that and this is where I'm taking a swipe at the CIA by accident. But if this actually happened, 
I think it's incumbent upon the citizens that work within the CIA or the FBI, etc., to actually come forward. I think it's incumbent upon this to happen. But over the last four or five, maybe even six years, everything that we've seen from the federal bureaucracy has been an attack on Trump, republicanism, conservatism, or even classical liberalism. They, they're negative against anything that, that wants to reel in the bureaucracy. So that a CIA agent come forward and said this was an eyebrow razor. Am I overreacting, Miles? No. I mean, um, we, it, it's been well seen throughout the, uh, even during the Russia, Russia, Russia phase, <laughs> what they had intelligence agents came out and said that it was valid. Right, when it was not. You know, so, I mean, clearly the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the CIA have been weaponized. They have. And, and the unfortunate part about that is that when I look at law enforcement, I don't care if it's a local county sheriff all the way to the top of the CIA. And by the way, let me add in the judiciary in its entirety and public school teachers in their entirety. We should not be able to figure out what their partisanship is. I believe that. And by the way, it's the same with local news. Entertainment news is different. We do commentary. Fox and CNN at all, they're doing commentary also, but we're honest about it. This is our opinion. And that's they report it like breaking news. It's not breaking news. It's, it's your opinion again. You know, three people familiar with his thinking. Folks, there's nobody familiar with somebody's thinking that can offer that as a testimony. But my point in all of that is is that our bureaucracy should not be partisan. We should not be able to detect where their ideologies are because they've got the rule of law to follow. The rule of law is the rule of law. Now, if you don't like it, there's a path to change it, but you can't ignore it and you can't tilt it towards one side or the other. Same with the judiciary. Ludwig, am I naive? No. Not at all. Well, you're a teacher. That's why That's why I'm putting you in the hot seat for a minute. If I sat in the back of your class, would I know that you're a conservative? Well, I teach economics. <laughs> so That sounded like a, he was pulling a safety cord. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a politically driven subject. Yeah. It is. I mean, when you're talking about econ and growth of the economy, is it through taxation, lower taxes, higher? Is it through fit, uh, monetary policy? Is Where, are you, where do you think the... the you're a Kensington guy, right? Yeah, I mean, is it, yeah, is there government involved in the growth of economics? Do they believe in? It's very political, and when you're looking at the world world events, and you say, okay, here, like during the election, here's Elizabeth Warren's uh, healthcare plan, right? Ten trillion dollars. Let's break it down, and I let them discuss it while pointing out where it does and doesn't work. Here's what I got. So you're gonna know what I am. Based on what how I feel the government economics grows by lowering taxes more than increasing it. Sure, but I got to get my head around something. But not right? socially, you don't know. And I don't I don't want to even go down this path, but I'm stuck for a second. So you're you're you support a lot of the things that I do not. I am genuinely a laissez-faire person. I don't think that's true. Let me leave me alone. Let yeah. me be. Yeah. I I don't want. And when I think that when I hear that the Fed is going to hit the air brakes at a point. A point down, a point up, a quarter this, a quarter that. They're going to control the government. They can't even control their own personal life. The idea that they're in control of an economy with 331 million people, not counting 60 million illegals, scares the bejeebers out of me. 
that leads me back to say, let me be you, not you. Yeah. You are not qualified. But my point in going down that path is that if there's two economic teachers on your hallway, yep. you and somebody else, you believe in a lot more of the government than I do. No, I I'm don't. Not, listen, I'm oh, not, you're talking, not talking about me personally. I'm not assaulting you, but you do. We've been on this path before on the show. No, I can explain why why we have it, but that doesn't mean I like it. Uh, all right, I could buy that. But if the teacher right down the hall from you is somebody like me, and we're both teaching micro and macro economics, it's going to sound like there are two universes going. Oh, they there could, is in our department for sure. From me to whoever. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there are some folks that are very progressive. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're not so progressive. Not at all. You're squishy. No, no, no. Miles I'm Bauer. not squishy in economics. Miles Bauer, if we do a quick vote here, I vote that he's squishy. How do you vote? Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, that, that is a slam dunk. <laughs> no, it's tied because Jared said no. No, I think Jared was with us. Weren't you with us? With You're me. on his side? Yep. Ah, lordy. Youth before beauty. <laughs> I, I, it's a fascinating topic. I was only surprised that a CIA agent did it I or was the breaker of that. All right. Why next, does that surprise you, though? Uh, because I had, listen, I don't, the, the concept of a federal police department, yeah. I'm so put off by that concept. It should exist. That I see all of it through a negative prism. I admit that up front yeah. in every topic. I'm still, I'm still imagining having a big, tall, frosty beer with someone like Patrick Henry explaining why we need a federal police. But maybe that guy that, that blew the whistle thinks like you do. Maybe he does. Which begs the question, what in the world is he doing there? All right, so a couple took an electric car on a 1,500-mile road trip. Holy smokes, that must have been fun. They had to stop 12 times uh, and forego heat due to their range. They had range anxiety. Range anxiety. That's a new term for me. <laughs> so if you buy an electric car, you're going to have range anxiety. First of all, if you're not buying a Tesla... <laughs> You shouldn't buy an electric car. Why would you buy a Tesla? Why would you buy an electric car? I said unless you're buying a Tesla. If you're buying an electric vehicle, I hope it's a golf cart. Because if you're actually planning on using it at a further range than the golf course, then you need your head examined, in my humble opinion. Well, that's why I said Tesla. They're the only ones that have actually taken their own dollars, corporate dollars from Tesla. No, you need to take a longer look. I know where it comes from. You pretend like they didn't glom federal money. I did pretend that, because if you go back to shows eight years ago, I told you this. And I was bouncing off the walls, because everyone was clapping like penguins with excitement for them. And I said it was crap. And this is another government boondoggle. Yeah, and I said it was crap back then. But they've taken those dollars, and they have put up way more charging stations. I don't want the charging stations. There shouldn't be government-controlled charging stations. And and by the way, folks, let me clarify myself. I'm not against electric vehicles. We don't have the technology there. What are the market for it? So if I'm going to take my grandbabies from this side of the state to the other in Michigan to visit my sister, it ain't going to be an electric car because I want my grandbabies to get there safely. I don't want it to burn up. I don't want to be looking at my melting four rubber tires on the side of the road. I don't want to go, we can't turn the heat on, girls, because we got an electric car and it's cold out, but we got to make it all the way to Midway, middle of Michigan. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to have that conversation. The market We're not there it. yet. The market doesn't want it. And by the, the market has never wanted it, but no. the government's forcing it. Yes. And now the woke folks are demanding it. And so the companies are going, oh, my goodness gracious. If we invested at a billion dollars in this idiocy, will they go away? 
But wasn't it the great thing about the article was that the husband was an Axios reporter? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's known for their... Their left-leaning electric vehicle When you push. say left-leaning, you mean like AOC is left-leaning. Yeah. That's what you mean? Yeah. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. Listen, we're down to 30 seconds. i got to ask you folks to do me a favor, especially you folks on Anchorage, Alaska. Take a look at the MikeHewittShow.com. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on on Apple Podcasts. Lud, are we up to date? I believe so. No, oh, that means we're not whenever he hesitates. He's got his political hat on again. Folks, I really genuinely appreciate you joining in. We all three look forward to seeing you next week. Have a safe and great week.